So when we left, last left off, Maisel and Drang had just reconvened with one another in the center of the Iron Hand Plaza in the town of Rostadol. Maisel, having just experienced a brush with something dark and powerful, leaving a ever-present heavy air that even after leaving left her exacerbated and anxious. Panicking in the Iron Hand Plaza all alone, she attempts to cast a spell to reach out and see what she believes to be the magic that was affecting her, that she was feeling. And she sees with the faint residue of magic, nothing particular, no sign of spells, but she does see the shining beacon, this point at which these lines of wild magic tangle and she sees Drang. And in a uncommon show of physical affection, Drang, Drang reaches out and holds her. As this is happening, surrounded by a thick mist created by the intense heat of the burning building before him, Ozius stares as the inferno before him is obscured by the steam rolling off of the ice and snow on the ground, the heat of the fire making a pillar of both smoke and fog. His only lead burning inside. Maisel, Drang, the two of you stand in the Iron Hand Plaza with one another. Drang, Maisel is noticeably upset. Drang's going to just wait for her. She does not seem like she's ready to talk. She knows enough about Maisel to know that when Maisel's ready to talk, she will. (laughs) So Drang's just going to give her that space. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Ma- Ma- Maisel uh, takes a moment um, and collects herself and seeing that, like, well, I guess how, uh, Dylan, how does detect magic sort of wear off within this context? Um, am I seeing Trang as a mystical magical Trang or uh, with, like, uh, normal eyes? <laughs> normal face, normal eyes. <laughs> like usual. Um, that's a good point. I'm curious as to the duration of Detect Magic. So let's take a look. Let me, uh, uh, unless it's a crazy amount of time, let me, uh, uh, re, um, restate that. I want to, uh, sort of keep my eyes closed and just, like, wait for Detect Magic to wear off, because I, uh, just as, like, scared and bothered by whatever was happening, uh, don't like that, like, I'm not seeing the world the way that I usually see it, and I'm, uh, sort of trying to just, like, uh, eyes closed, just, like, make it stop. Okay, understood. Uh, so the benefit... The the benefit is that the spell duration is ten minutes, but it is also concentration. So at any point, it can be willed to just end. Okay, I, uh, then I'm just internally, like, trying to get it to stop, and I would imagine that it does. It does, in fact. And I... I, I, I pull away and look up at Drang. How far away would the uh, the fire be? How quickly would we notice smoke? Uh, what is your passive perception for the both of you? 
It's on my character sheet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Left side, 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 14. Not currently. Neither of you notice any sign of fire. What's happening? Why did you... How did you get here so quickly? Quickly? It has been some time. I returned to find Ozias, and together we found the gentleman he was seeking. Once, um, once we were satisfied he had found this man, I went to seek you out. Oh, I suppose I lost track of time then. Mm. Should we f- find Ozzy? What, what is he doing? Uh, Maisel is just trying to put out of her mind what just happened. He is all right. Um, he um, requested privacy once his business with the gentleman was concluded. <laughs> I'd hate to be that gentleman. Hmm. Frank, what do we do about this? I do not know. He seems to have his matters under control. Our matters? We intend to depart soon. Hmm. If I go in there and I point at the um uh, the longhouse will you come with yes I will be with you uh turns on her heel wipes her face off uh, and starts walking towards it off we go <laughs> okay so you begin to march towards the longhouse again the evening has grown quite long and it's it's late and getting darker with each passing second as the narrow slit of sunlight on the horizon uh, far to the west gets narrower and narrower as the sky becomes this tapestry of deep blacks and purples, stars becoming so very visible, especially so far from civilization here in the north, and you march forward towards the Iron Hands, Longhouse, Ozias, you are standing alone in this alleyway, stepping out away from the fire and making distance into now the, the main thoroughfare. The few laborers who have still remained present in this sort of warehouse and large open building area of the town one or two that are nearby catch sight of the fire and they find themselves standing outside in the street not immediately around you but staring in awe at the blaze there aren't very many homes nearby and so there aren't very many people present just yet but the fire grows and grows viciously higher and higher as this tower of smoke begins to reach up into the darkened sky yeah i just i just keep walking okay as you begin to walk away, where are you going? Uh, I think just back to the square, like outside of our inn and the longhouse. I think Ozzy feels like that's the place he's most likely to run into Maisel and Drang. 
yeah, uh, you begin to head back into the heart of town towards the main Iron Hands Plaza as you can begin to hear the sound of people responding to the fire and a bit of a panic uh, building, at least in this section of the town. Every once in a while, a person runs past you in the opposite direction of where you're coming, heading towards the fire, as clearly an effort is being made to put out the blaze. You continue for a few minutes through mostly empty streets, knowing expertly how to get back to the center of town as fast as possible. And you take a turn out into an open street that kind of widens a bit, met on many sides by these smaller off-streets. Just beyond this is the residential district, and then further beyond that, back to the Iron Hand Plaza. But for here, it's quiet and mostly empty. As you step out into this large open street and take your turn and point yourself in the direction of the Iron Hand's long house, a figure begins to slowly emerge, completely shaded in darkness at first, and then catching the light of one of the nearby lamp posts, faintly and dimly illuminated by the slow flickering of an oil lamp on this pole is a figure in a cloak, hooded. They walk slowly, the crunch of their footsteps through the snow, until they stand perfectly opposite to you in this open street. The most striking thing about them being their deep red cloak. Um, are they heading anywhere? Or do, what direction are they going? Exactly opposite to you. It appears that if you were to keep walking, you would walk right past one another, bisecting straight in the dead center of the street. They emerge almost uncannily at the exact moment that you turn onto the street. Um, yeah, I don't think Ozzy's that suspicious because he's seen people heading in that direction on his walk so far, so I think he just keeps walking. Okay. They match you lockstep. It's strange because you have a bit of a gate about you. In equal steps, you get closer to one another. There's a sound growing in the back of your skull like static or white noise. Things begin to feel a little bit odd, like a numbness in the fingertips and the ends of your extremities as they approach closer. And just as about you're maybe 20 feet apart from one another, they suddenly stop. Um, Ozzy also stops. And I think it's just regarding this person. Are we close enough that I can make out any features make a perception check hey it's 19 you can tell that this figure is a woman you can tell that her build is live you can tell that she has long hair that appears to be braided back behind her head and that there is a faint bit of a braided ponytail resting across her shoulder and neck coming out of the hood of the cloak the cloak is drawn forward, casting a long shadow over her face. You can't see her eyes, but you can see her mouth. A very confident, faint smile rests across her jaw. As you regard her and notice these details about her, your thoughts are broken by her speaking. Without moving 
or looking up at you through the shadow of her hood, she asks, Are you Ozius? Uh, who's asking? I see. I don't have very much time, so I cannot spare the moments to play with you. I'm going to have to be a bit disrespectful and take what I need and leave. Uh, what exactly do you need? And her cloak begins to part, and you see she's wearing this leather like stomach piece that has a series of long, narrow daggers slid into it. She opens her cloak, and she begins to draw two of them, and they have these circular rings at the back of the handles, and they twirl across her thumbs into her palms. And then she holds her arms down, slack at her sides, and she says, Just a few small pieces. Will you give me the layout of my surroundings again? Yes. So you are in a large street, probably a good 40 feet wide and about 100 feet deep. Coming off of the street like a spider web are a number of small alleys and a couple larger off, off streets that are pretty narrow. It's almost like a little intersection. Cool. I would like to, as quickly as I can, throw my dagger down one or whatever the closest, like, off street is. Go ahead and make a uh, ranged attack roll. So you'll roll with your dexterity, but without your proficiency. Okay, that's a 16. So you throw that dagger, and it flies down that empty alley, and you can't see where it lands, but you can hear the faint sound of it taking purchase against something wooden and hard. Her head does not move when you do this. Her gaze, though you can't see her eyes, remains locked in your direction. Yeah, so can I go to that dagger? Yeah. You just need it to be in your hand. So as you hold your hand out, you vanish and find yourself standing in the alley, your hand wrapped around the hilt of the dagger as it's stuck into a barrel. Ozzy's uh, so cool. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. He's also still dressed like a uh, demon prince this whole oh, time. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he is still in the infernal pain outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. That yeah. can't possibly have negative outcomes about the rumors that are going to evolve <laughs> from the building that was just burned down. <gasps> yeah. There's yeah, is your head still on fire? There's no correlation <laughs> whatsoever. No, I, I've definitely put that out. <laughs> um, so yeah, as soon as I get my hand around that dagger, I would like to pull it out and then run down the op- alley in the opposite direction of where she's facing. Or of where she is. Okay. Alright. <laughs> mm. Run fast. This is going to be troublesome. Okay. You get a fair bit of distance away. You get out of the main street by the 20 feet it would be from the center to the exterior, and then the additional, we'll say another 10 beyond that, that you were able to successfully throw that dagger. If you had thrown it any further, to clarify, it would have been a disadvantage, so we're going to set it there. This figure, she turns in your direction, seeing which way you have gone, and she 
sprints and slides across the snowy street to where she's parallel with you now lined up down this alleyway and you hear unclear to what's said but what sounds like a curse of indignation under her breath as sprinting away in the other direction you hear this crackle and then what sounds like a very small concussive explosion Dalton what's Ozius's AC? Uh, it's 14. Okay. You're struck by a blast of heated light and fire that strikes you across the shoulder as you're suddenly struck. A blast impacting against your back, like getting punched in the back, and then this hot flame rolling over you as you're hit with this blast. I need to find how many times they get to do that. (laughs) <laughs> Great. And how much damage it's going to do. Great. Ozzy got shooted. Um, okay. So that's going to be... The second one hits as well. And so does the third. For 15 damage. As these three blasts of heated flame and light shoot down the alley, striking you in the back one after the other. Dealing... A total of 15 fire damage. Um, so unless I had a point to rest after my battle royale that I just engaged in, uh, I'm unconscious. <laughs> okay. As you're struck with these three consecutive blasts of fire, the third hits you, and a halo of darkness swallows your periphery into a single point until it's nothing but blackness, and your consciousness is gone. And you oh. flatten to the ground. Do I want to? Nah, I don't think so. Never mind. Okay. I had a thing I could have done, but I'm not going to do it. Ozzy got shooted. <laughs> uh, you were going to use one of your race things? Yeah. V1. V- yeah, V1. <laughs> Let me take a look at that real quick, because yeah. I want to make sure that there's not something that we can do with that. You're not going to make your necklace dance again, are you? (laughs) If I have an opportunity for it, maybe. (laughs) Um, you know what? We'll say it happens. I would say that ability is is something that does occur. Um, I love it. But I don't necessarily know if it's something I want to talk about in detail necessarily (laughs) out loud. For the sake of retaining a little bit of mystery around it. Uh... Ozzy collapses into a heap. Yep. You fall into a heap with one hit point. (laughs) As you do collapse, however, this figure approaches you, lying on the ground semi-smoldering with the singed back of your uniform or your, your costume, unbeknownst to you, happens to be fireproof. (laughs) never design an outfit with fire in mind and don't use fireproof materials god hopes the best she's the best in the biz they do approach you however and they stand over you collapsed in this way and they kneel down over you straddling you and they wrench your semi-lifeless form over onto your back. They are not aware that you're still 
semi-conscious. But they do draw, again, one of these daggers in their hand, and you can choose to resist if you'd like. But they tear into the front of your costume with this blade. They tear into you, and they reach inside, and they grasp a piece of you. They are warm. They radiate an intense heat. And they grab this piece, and they pull as hard as they can, and they snap it off. And then they stand. I only needed a piece. You're lucky I'm short on time. And they begin to slowly walk away. Ozzy is many things, but I think he can recognize when he's outmatched in a fight. Uh, so I, I think he's just going to let it happen. And then once this person is safely out, out of range, I will uh, pull myself back together, as it were. Drang, Maisel, the two of you approach the Iron Hands longhouse. There's no light coming from inside. It is quite quiet. The double doors, those heavy wooden doors with that beautiful relief, are steadfast and shut as you ascend the stairs and stand before them. Uh, would we have heard the gunshot kind of noise? Hmm. I would say there's a faint possibility that Drang may have heard but it would have been very quiet. Would have been almost indiscernible from the sound of someone banging on a door from a little bit closer. It's just a, it would have been a muted concussive sound of just like a couple quick thumps with how far from where it happened you may, you, you currently are. Certainly audible to Drang, but the extent to which she could recognize what it was is iffy at best. I think just, Drang does that thing deer do when there's a noise. So like she kind of just briefly lifts her head and flicks her ears toward it. But when there aren't any others, decides to think nothing of it. Okay. Okay, and I suppose I'm probably bleeding in front, so I don't I don't notice that. Um I am marching towards the door. You said it's it's closed, but there's light coming through. There's no light. It's dark inside there's through no light. Through the windows in the front of the, the longhouse. I wanna knock very loudly. Okay. You knock a few times on these large wooden doors, and it feels like the wood is fighting against you. It's so large and heavy. But you put your force into it nonetheless, knocking several times quite loudly, and its low sound kind of carries through the interior. You can hear the faint echo almost from inside. And... Some time passes before you see the faint glimmer of light from within as a flame is lit within the chamber you stand just outside of. You hear the faint movement of footsteps as the door begins to and slowly get pulled open, allowing you in standing arms wide holding the handles of both of these doors one in each hand is the iron hand himself reeve balison wearing this large kind of like 
like shoulders slung, like uh, like pelted, like pelt, like nightgown almost, long down to like the ankles. It's basically like a toga, <laughs> but made out of furs. What time is? It? Did he get like the early bird special? Didn't you say it was like evening? <laughs> yeah, it's fairly late at this point, and he just stands there. His what was once this like like very neatly braided beard and hair is kind of left a mess and very like poofy and stretches out and fills the entire space around his head almost. <laughs> and he kind of just like stands over you, Maisel, and eye to eye with you, Drang. Um, oh, as he's pulling the door open, I'm pushing on it to try to open it more. Yeah, uh, he doesn't say anything at first. He's kind of just shocked <laughs> by your presence. He begins to step back and away um, from the two of you I was not expecting to see you again so soon. I'm not staying here anymore. If there's, right now, there's anything you need to blame on an outsider or an interloper or someone who uh, doesn't belong here. You're slow. Make it me. Maisel, please slow down. I don't understand. You're leaving. That's right. You are clearly upset, so I mean no disrespect in this statement, but there is business that we have not concluded yet. Correct? And he looks to you, Drang, for, like, uh, affirmation. There is matters we have yet to discuss in depth regarding you, uh... And Drang is nodding and giving kind of her best, like... She's not shrugging, but she's very facially shrugging. Just like, the man's correct. What are we? What are we? We're not all leaving. It's just me. It's trying to help with whatever you need. Where are you going? I thought you were beginning your pilgrimage as a member of the Briar Watch. Your sudden urge to And that's leave. what I'll do. I don't need to waste any more time. Your time is not wasted here. You are a guest. <laughs> I see it otherwise. If this is your decision, then I must admit I am in no position to deny you your freedom to leave. I am just concerned. What has brought on this sudden urge to vacate our town so hastily, even without your friend and companions? We are prepared to assist you in your journey if you continue to work with us under the agreement we've made. I am still willing to give you resources for your journey regardless of this. Out of generosity and courtesy to you as a member of the Briar Watch. But pardon my selfishness, I am more inclined to do more for you if you do for us. And I'm saying I have another deal for you. I've not been here long. There's nothing tying anyone here to me. Make me whatever villain you need. Maisel, I am in no need of villains in this time. I am in need of friends. Maisel stands there tapping her foot and just looking like she once again miscalculated uh, this person. Would you like to enter further 
despite myself, I am not quite retiring for the evening. I was merely, well, paperwork. It is best to be done when you are less stuffy. But I can take a break from my work to talk. That's fine. And she once again tries to push past him. He stands aside and allows you to enter. Please, you may enter as well, Drang. You are a guest as much as your friend. Drang gives him a bow and hurries in. He closes the the doors behind the two of you, and he walks to the large table that still sits on the raised area of the room, and he puts a hand on the table and says, Um, wait if... But just a moment, I will return shortly. And he walks into the back room through that door that you've seen kind of sitting in the back of this room every time you've been inside it. He disappears through that chamber for a few minutes, and he comes back out holding a few things. He's holding a bottle and a number of small drinking horns, as well as a small stack of parchment and a book. He sets all of the paperwork and the book down at his seat, and he puts the bottle between you, Maisel, and you, Drang. Yay! We're doing some paperwork! But he sets two horns down, one in front of each of you, holding his, pours some for himself, and he says, My apologies. Normally you're to pour for others first, but my night has suddenly gotten a bit more interesting. And he begins to pour for the two of you as he takes a sip from his own, and he sets the bottle between the two of you. You may have as much as you like. And he walks to his side of the table and sits down, pushing the book off of the stack of papers and unrolling a parchment as he slowly pulls out from a small little leather bag on his waist a tiny pair of reading glasses that he puts on his kind of large, very uh, pronounced nose and rolls out the papers and begins to look at them. I love Vank and Grandpa. Yeah, it's just, did I get, uh, did I yell at Santa? You did, you yelled at Viking <laughs> Grandpa, and you're being very naughty. And you're getting put on his list. I'm concerned to know if there is something that has spurred on this sudden interest in leaving our town, Maisel Fisk. Are you concerned about something? Dylan, of the actual, uh, like, last moments of, um, like, having the panic attack, trying to detect match and all that, how much would I reasonably actually remember versus being kind of a haze of just panic mode? Um, there's other things that are contributing to this, but I'm wondering, like, of that, do I actually have a cogent memory of other thing, anything other than just, like, I hate everything I'm feeling? You recognize the iconography of the figure you saw. The figure in red this person being the source of this feeling. It was as if someone walked near you and cast this long shadow, and as the shadow rolled over you, it made you feel sick, and then as the shadow receded, you suddenly found yourself back to your senses. Their presence, very clearly the cause of your discomfort, and it was in their leaving, you felt some sense of relief. You know that much, and you know that they bear a striking resemblance to the warning you were given by Demita, regarding the figure in red. Okay. 
I knew that, but I wanted to make sure Maisel did. <laughs> you know, there's a there's organized fights happening tonight, actually, in your town. There's gambling and uh, there's more drunks than I could even enumerate every place I went to. And the person who was <laughs> tasked me with taking on their role warned me of just one thing, and I've already experienced it. In your town, I think this place is rotten to its core. Okay, Drang's not great at math, but I'm going to roll to see if she puts two and two together here. No, that's a one. Drang's got no clue. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean? What are you about again? Fuck, I can't remember. Drinking, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fights. <laughs> I must admit, I'm not entirely surprised to hear this. He kind of looks over his paper, but sets it down for a moment and removes his glasses. Fighting serves its purpose, but it can be recreational. I speak from experience in a lifetime as a warrior. But I fear this is not the thing that truly concerns you. I do not understand your second point. That is the one I think is important. Maisel uh, picks up the drinking horn and stands up from the table and walks away from it for a moment. When you do, he starts to read his papers. Um, <laughs> it was more for dramatic effect, but mm -hmm. not to leave. And I think she actually is a little nervous and looks out if there's a window in the room just to see if there's like any one or thing right there. My daughters gave me a fair share of drama in my life. I am patient enough to wait. If there is something you wish to say, take your time. Though she does not look at Kaisa was quite the troublemaker when she was young. She gave me much to think about. Demeter, the uh, <laughs> former Briar Watch, told me to beware someone in a red cloak. Myself, you did not. I've already experienced that person. As I've said, this place is rotten. A red cloak. And this person you have been warned to avoid. I see. That is truly a concern. Though I must admit I am unfamiliar with anyone of this description here. It is not something... particular to my town. And I have lived here many, many years. I fear what you are running from is as outside to this place as you. All the more reason to take it with me, then. Hmm. I may be more inclined to agree with this point. If this thing is something you've been warned to avoid, perhaps it is best not to be in my town. If it follows you where you go, it might be better for the safety of my people. Perhaps I will agree with this statement. My friend of the Winter Court, what are your thoughts? Your friend appears to be frightened of this individual, and potentially rightfully so. 
I could argue I should ask you to leave to avoid this thing being a specter hanging over my town. But I am not a coward. (laughs) From a tactical standpoint, were the young one correct about this figure's capabilities? then it does not pursue myself. If it did, the chance encounter would have been more. Yes? Hmm. This is true. If I was intent to follow you, Maisel, for the point of, well, to do you harm... He stands up, and he holds out his hand, like, out in front of him as there's, like, a coalescence of, like, cold air and, like, glimmering flecks of ice and snow in the air as his axe materializes in his hand, blade face down, and he slams it against the hardwood floor. A little bit of frost stretching across the wooden planks as it goes thunk. I would simply kill you and be done with it. But I am a warrior, not an assassin. I would ask the question, Maisel. Do they mean you harm or simply mean to fill you with fear? I have no idea. Why risk others? Why? (laughs) Either way, what they're doing is a problem in... Maisel. Rabbits. What we are trying to tell you. Rabbits. When I was 13, 14, there was a family of rabbits that moved in uh, just under our patio and... The whole summer, a coyote, it would torture them. Just come by and nip at their nest or take one of the the youths. End of the season, when food got scarce, it went after all them and just by happenstance knocked over six barrels of licorice plant. Mm, This metaphor eludes me. They survived. I I killed the coyote I had. Mm. An axe. Not like that one, but... Maisel, what we are trying to say to you is that what this figure intends is not to do with you. That were you to stay, were you to leave... It may be beyond your power to control. And that we would have you stay. Reeve sits. One must always be aware of their scale. The amount to which you matter can vary at certain times. I am the leader of this place, but there are days where I am the least important person in this town. 
he lets go as the axe kind of shimmers into just faint flecks of snow. But you pose a troublesome question. If this figure is dangerous, it is not to be ignored. But I question your decision to leave. It screams of a wild animal running in fear. Like the very rabbits of which you speak. Would you not rather be the one wielding the axe? Uh, she finally comes back down and sits back down at the table. Mm. Uh, is he still holding the paperwork? He's not holding it. It's kind of laid out in front of him. He's leaning back in his seat, kind of pulling at his beard. Y'all seems a bit heavy. But <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a go. I would like you to tell more about this person to my daughter. I have things I am forced to deal with currently. I do not have time on my hands to personally address this matter. But Kaisa is a member of the Legion and she is, for the most part, the one responsible for the well-being of these people in a more literal sense. If it is a matter of danger to their well-being. It is something I'd like to have you speak to her about. If you are inclined to help us by informing us of this potential danger. So where is she? Will you <laughs> produce her? <laughs> are you like this? <laughs> she is a grown woman with her own life. She is likely at home. You are welcome to visit her. It is not quite so late for those a little bit younger than myself. That's fine. Very well. As for the matter we previously discussed, I would respect your decision to no longer assist us in such a way with my granddaughter's escort to the capitals. If you would like to leave this in the hand of others, then very well. But after our conversation, I feel I must ask again. Well, I'm still here, aren't I? Good. I had intended to speak to you about this tomorrow, but you are here, so I will speak to you now. You and your companions will want to go north of the town to the outpost established by the Blackcoats, Shatterband. The gentleman you met but earlier today is the one who runs it. He's troublesome... But you will need paperwork from him to enter the capitals. It will be something less important now than later. You managed to enter the Dominion through Gunner's Holt, meaning you did not require paperwork from the Parliament. Not many of the other Dominion towns exclusively are governed by the Iron Hand. Many have both mayors appointed by the Parliament and Iron Hands present. 
you will need to be cooperative with both of their expectations. Not simply just the Iron Hands. You will not get far just through us. So, paperwork from the Black Coats will get you into some of the larger cities and towns. And you've spoken with him on this, or we're supposed to start from scratch when we get there? He and I have arrived at an agreement with one another. If you ask nicely, he will provide you with paperwork. Do not cause trouble and he will not question it. It is his job to do so. <laughs> We're not any trouble. Of course not. Mm, indeed. Inform him of where you are going and why, and he will provide you with the correct paperwork. I think Maisel just stands up if, if the conversation is done. <laughs> Doesn't even say. <laughs> it appears we shall go and find your daughter. Gaisa uh, lives in one of the uh, small homesteads here in the plaza. She will have our family crest hanging above the door. And he kind of points to a pin on his like little like side sash that is just a coil of like barbed ivy with an axe in the center of it. I guess Drang's standing too. Um, like, she's like, oh, wait, I guess we're done. <laughs> Maisel's leaving. She throws back the rest of her drink, like gently sets the horn down, gives Reeve a bow, and in a very low voice, like trying not to let Maisel hear, she does say, thank you. You can keep the bottle. Thank you. We may require it later. And he just sips on his looks at his papers if anything else of a urgent matter arises you can find me here I suppose I will be doing the remainder of my paperwork at this seat I'm too comfortable to move again you'll have to let yourselves in though understood uh, yeah Maisel is far enough away that she didn't hear the, the quiet conversation back and forth she's uh, putting a coat back on and, and pulling at the door. Oh. The big heavy, like doing one of like... He loudly projects and he's like, please do close the doors. Behind you, it gets cold. Take care, young one. And Drang hurries out after Maisel to help her with the door. Hey, Cap, what are the spell pieces in this ad? Um, advertising, pandering, obligatory, and team. Then I want to use my piece, Honest, and cast Honest Advertising to tell people that Sword of Symphonies is an actual playtest campaign of the game that you made starring us. Ooh, ooh, and I want to cast Charming Pandering and tell them how much fun we are to listen to. Ooh, or would that be Charming Team? I think I have a charming team, yes, Kirsten. Oh, Nick, do you want honest advertising to tell them that we have sort of a cozy horror vibe and that people can listen to us every Saturday? Oh, and before we do that, I'd like to add my spell piece music because I write everything in-house. Yeah, I love your music, Kathleen. And I think your sound work in general is top-notch. So let's cast honest music advertising and charming team on the listener and invite them to join us on Sword of Symphonies. 
Ozius, you lay all but barely conscious in this alley, having something just moments ago ripped from you by force. And this figure has vanished, leaving you lying in a heap alone as you pull yourself together. Uh, yeah, how am I feeling after that? Make a constitution saving throw for me. Uh, 16. I mean, not good. Certainly bad. It's weird. The pain is surprisingly sharp, given you. The break and what was taken, it's just there. You can tell. It doesn't feel good at all. But you're able to push through it and force through it, and you retain this composure and keep yourself together. But it feels as if like part of you has kind of lost balance. Like There's just something uneasy. That staticky feeling in your head went away, but the kind of numbness in the extremities is still present. It's like your, your limbs have fallen asleep almost. Like something is just off. But you're functional, you're mobile, and you're alive. Um, yeah, so I think after a few minutes of just lying on his back and looking up at the stars, Ozzy um, hauls himself up into a seating position uh, and just uh, looks around a little bit and then says, uh, I was just trying to go home. Uh, and then kind of hauls himself up to his feet again. I think he kind of like peeks out of the alley to make sure she's really gone. And I'm assuming she is. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Ozzy starts making his way towards the town square again. But uh, prob- probably much more careful than he was before. <laughs> uh, yeah, you slowly and carefully get back to the Iron Hand Plaza. And as if by some stroke of pure fate... <laughs> Maisel and Drang chewed the fat with the Iron Hand just long enough to catch you. I was lucky. Uh, yeah, I think Ozzy kind of stumbles into the square. And has, um... <laughs> I assume he's visibly extremely fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's not feeling good, for sure. <laughs> so I think he stumbles in and then says, um, Oh, look who it is. You two would not believe the night I've had. Drang's gonna hurry over and do some healing spell, some <laughs> magical healing spells. <laughs> Did you lose the fights, Ozzy? No, I won the fights. You saw me. <laughs> uh, did I lose a second unrelated fight? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Seven HP, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I think Ozzy, who is like barely on his feet once Drang heals him, steadies himself a little bit. Uh, and then is like, um, I uh, had a run in with a psycho in a red cloak. What? Yes. How? Re- where? When? Just. Um, just for. I don't know, maybe like 20 ago, 20 or 30. I do want to clarify something for the sake of the moment. She tore through the front of your costume, and so it's either you're letting it out or you're holding it shut. Oh, no, I'm, I'm holding it shut. Okay, sure. so Ozius is, is literally, like, <laughs> gripping this tear through the center of his costume, holding it, like, tightly closed. For modesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, like 20 or 30. I laid on the ground for a long time, so I, I can't give you specifics, really. Uh, I look back at Trang. Not long after we parted, then. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot happened after you left, for sure. Uh, Ozzy, what did they do to you? Who, who's the... Oh, the person? The red person. Uh, yeah, um... Nothing good, that's for sure. She almost killed me, um, and then did this to my costume, as you can see. Not great. We need to talk to Kaisa. Um, right now? Right now. Do I need to do this? Ozzy, it's about the person who just attacked you. I saw them too. I was also warned about them by Demeter. This is bigger than... I think at least any one of us. Um, okay. Does anyone have like a a piece of fabric or something? I I don't really want to keep holding my costume like this, but uh <laughs> Trang's gonna put her cloak around Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because Ozzyus is not a small person by any means, but Drang is so fucking big that it does make him look like a child. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably putting it on backwards, right? To, like, just hide that. Yeah, I, I'm assuming this is what he's worried about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it, it's, um... Or maybe it's not even on backwards so much as he's just, like, cinching it. Yeah. Uh, she puts it on him sideways and lets him yeah. decide what to do. Totally. You look like a jackass. Uh, thank you, I almost died. Um... <laughs> I, I hope you had a great night. Um, I hear you lost the target and then ran away. So, you know, thanks for that one. The coat's bad, too. And this is Drang's coat. Ozzy <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks at Drang and is like, what is her deal? I, she has had a trying night. Join the club. I mean, mm. is, is rudeness part of this now? Are we doing a rudeness thing? Unbelievable. Maisel's still very sleepy. I just looked at her character sheet. It might be time to make Maisel go to sleepy by. It might be time to enforce a nap time for Maisel. Um, well, listen, Drang, after we do this thing that we're doing for some reason, uh, you know, maybe after a good night's sleep, we got to uh, touch base on the wheel and various things. Mm. Understood. Um, I'm marching off ahead, like, uh, alone. If you guys don't actually, like, if you decide not to come with, that's not unreasonable. I think we just, like, mutually realize, ah, oh, shit, she's still going. Yeah, Ozzy's gonna follow. I don't yeah. know if he's gonna have much to contribute, but he's gonna follow. Okay. Yeah. You guys arrive to this small homestead. It's a simple brick and wood building with a simple thatched roof and a uh, chimney stack coming out of the center uh, with a trail of smoke leading up into the sky. At this point, though, as you're looking up and you see that smoke stack, it's about this point that Drang and Maisel, the two of you see that somewhere off in the distance behind this pillar of smoke, there's a yellow glow 
and a larger, much more intimidating, dark pillar of smoke that is only faintly visible against the dark sky, if only it wasn't illuminated by what you can only imagine is the violent glow of a fire. My word, what is going on over there? Uh, she looks back to Drang. I guess we have more to talk to Kaisa about. <laughs> Drang's gonna knock on the door. There's some some rustling and some footsteps, and the door opens, and staying there before you is Kaisa. Only the second time you've seen her outside of her armor, uh, wearing this very simple, like, like sleeveless, tight shirt that comes up the neck quite lengthily and is uh, backless and she is kind of like got this puzzled look on her eye as she open in her face as she opens the door and she looks at the three of you we have much to discuss also there is a fire <laughs> Macy just points <laughs> she steps outside and just pushes past all of you and she looks up and sees the 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 faint halo of the blaze Shit. I also just need to point out that she, by definition, doesn't know who Ozzy is right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a man dressed like a demon. (laughs) And she sees the fire and then she looks at you, Ozzy, and she says, I have questions, but for the moment, at least, I need to ensure this fire is taken care of. And she pushes past all of you. And she runs across the street to another building and she knocks on the door and someone opens it and she shouts some stuff to them as they open and they kind of go inside, grab some stuff and come out and run down the the main thoroughfare uh, away from the Iron Hands Plaza. And they stop at another door on the way and start pulling people out of their homes as she walks into the center of the plaza yelling to you as she does, Is this more important than the fire? Um... I think I look to Ozzy and like, what did she do to you? How dangerous is this? Uh, Ozzy says, um, well, she nearly killed me. Um, although granted I had just been in mm, four fights, uh, which I won by the way. So, you know, I wasn't my best self, but she did basically kill me. You're a hero. Uh, Kaisa. Thank you. We'll come with you and... (laughs) discuss on the way. There's someone in this town that's perhaps more dangerous than one fire. Then let's just talk. I... You said someone more dangerous than the fire. Fine. Inside, I mean, you feel free. Whoever the fuck you are. <laughs> oh, I, I'm Ozzyus. We've met. Hello. Wonderful. I know who you are. I know who you are. Of Just get inside. And she kind of pushes the three of you into her home. And it's... Uh, uh, thank you. It is what I would describe as cute. <laughs> uh, lots of plants. Especially, like, hanging from the ceiling. And just, like, looks so beautiful. And then there is the massive collection of swords and shields and axes that adorn most walls or are just leaning up against the walls next to potted plants. 
as she shuts the door behind the two of you and she walks over to the um, furnace slash stove that is creating the plume of smoke uh, that you saw from outside, uh, which has like a small kettle sitting on it. And she pulls it from that and she says, I was making tea. Would you all like tea? Fine, I will have some tea. And she pours some, she starts pouring it into a, a, a mug and she sets it on the table one after the other and sets the kettle back down on the stove and she sits in one of multiple wooden chairs that are spread out through this small but cozy living room and she just sits in a slump. I was having a pleasant night. What is happening? There's a fire. First of all, you know that one. (laughs) So it seems irresponsible for you tasked with the safety of the people of the sound to be having a pleasant night more pertinent to things in our (laughs) history. Demeter, we found him in bad shape. I think that two of us anyway have had an encounter with the entity I believe did that to him. He warned me when I spoke with him about someone in a red cloak. I saw that person this evening and I was (laughs) beside myself for I don't know how long and it sounds like the same happened to him. Firstly, Maisel, I informed the Edmaris family to begin conducting a effort to put out the fire. Their son is a member of the Legion, as am I. They are directly below me, and I entrusted them with the task of gathering some of the other Legionnaires and families nearby. Please do not question my ability to protect this town. My father is very amicable. He is willing to accept a lot of things to his face, especially in his age. Do not insult me in my home. Now, what you've come to talk to me about in the middle of the evening with this person you were warned to be wary of and avoid, who has apparently assaulted your friend, Ozius. I would care to hear some clarification as to what makes this person dangerous exactly. Ozius, you were attacked, correct? Yeah, I mean, I got one for you. She's probably the one that destroyed the wield. This is not good. That is a feat of great strength and power. You think she destroyed the totem, the anchor, at the wield. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't be totally positive, but I met somebody who was pretty sure that uh, she had done it, and then immediately after I ran into this she, who seemed to know who I was, so, uh, the, the dots are just connecting for me here, you know? Do you have reason to believe they are remaining here in Arostadol? 
Azius, you said you saw them in person. Did they give any indication of what they wanted? Or if they were staying or going? Um, well, yeah, she made it pretty clear what she wanted, which was, um, to kill me. Um... But she did not you know, succeed. Fortunately, she didn't succeed. Why? How, Ozzy? Uh, how, how what? How are you alive? Did she not succeed? Because uh, I'm strong? I, I don't know. Why am I still alive? You tell me. I need you to make a deception check for me, by the way. Okay, cool. I am pretty good at those. Nice. Yeah, that's a 23. Wow, what a good lie boy. <laughs> Very well. Um, as for the second half of your question, didn't seem like she had intentions of sticking around, but I don't I don't have anything to base that on. She just did what she did and left. I see. I will speak to the legionnaires. I will request assistance for additional guards from the Uden Guard. The townspeople will not like that, but if there is a danger to these people, I must ensure their safety. It is clear the Legion alone is not enough to protect the town if something so dangerous is hiding here. How long will that take? It seems there's an iron here and we should strike it while it's still hot. Perhaps you'd like to elaborate what you think we should do. Yeah, I mean, uh, no offense, Maisel, but I don't think the three of us are equipped to handle this person. I don't mean the three of us. Why not inform the people and build up a, I don't know, a, a neighborhood watch? We're looking for one pin in an entire town of hay. I mean, I hate to be a downer here, but I can't imagine she's not already gone if she wanted to be gone. I fear as well that if she is powerful enough to have destroyed the anchor in the wield, even the attempts I make to protect this place may be fruitless. That is a feat of strength I cannot fathom. I'm concerned of what repercussions there may be for attempting to instigate a fight with them, maybe. So we're done, then. We give up. Uh, I don't think it's giving up to acknowledge that this is something we are not prepared to win yet. I agree with Ozius. I think there is merit to waiting, learning more, applying what we know, and admitting what we don't. But we need to try to find that knowledge then. Ozzy, you were chasing someone earlier this evening. Do you still have any ability to speak with them? Uh, no, I do not. Yeah, frankly, I think I got all the information out of them that I was going to. Uh, they definitely seem to be um, working for this woman, um, and 
we're really pretty firm on the fact that uh, we should be scared of her and uh, we're not capable of confronting her. You spoke with someone affiliated with this person. I mean, beyond the fact that they were pretty sure that she was the one that destroyed the anchor and that she was a lot more powerful than any of us were capable of dealing with. Not a lot, to be honest with you. Aziz, how did you find this person and why? Oh boy, that's a long story. Um, How there was a, a match, I fought in it, I did win. Why is uh, they they knew about, or at least I thought they might know about something else that I'm uh, looking into, unrelated. And this is something you are not interested in disclosing to me. Um, I mean, beyond the fact that I can promise you it's unrelated beyond what I've already explained, I, uh, you know, no offense, but it's my business. <laughs> wow. You speak boldly for a man who has nearly died just today. That's our Ozzy. That's our, that's our special boy. Yeah, Maisel dies all the time and look at how she speaks. Hey. Kaisa stands. I believe I have learned everything I can learn from all of you tonight. No offense, but I must ask you to leave so that I can think about all of the things you have told me. I'd like you to kindly leave my home. With pleasure. Ozzy stands up and immediately leaves. <laughs> Drang stands and bows. What you decide to do from here, please inform me of, if you can find it within yourselves to give me that information. Beyond that, I hope you are safe for the rest of the evening. I believe our plans remain unchanged. Thank you for your hospitality. Yes. She looks at you, Maisel. Do you have a parting shot? Come on. <laughs> uh, Maisel just crosses her arms. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Do you even know what it is you find yourself marching towards, Maisel? Because I do not. No, but at least I'm marching. Storms out. <laughs> she closes the door behind the lot of you. Great idea, Maisel. That was really, really pleasant. At least someone's taking care of the fire. Mm. Yeah. Um, speaking of, we should probably go somewhere else. Like, in inside somewhere. Mm. I have a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. 
Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.